reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together, and one of them, a scholar of the law, tested him by asking, Teacher, which commandment in the law is the greatest? He said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. The second is like, is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. The whole law and the prophets depend on these two commandments. In today's gospel, we hear that the Pharisees are still trying to entrap Jesus. And yet they have no idea that Jesus actually knows more about the law than they do. And so they ask him, hoping to see him fumble. Teacher, which of the commandments are the greatest? And Jesus immediately answers correctly, as would any pious Jew who had studied the law. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. You see, Jesus points out the underlining meaning of the law. He tells them that these two principles, commandments, together function as the principle of interpretation for the entire law and all its complexities. He spells out that uncomfortable truth of the law. That if we say we love God, our love for God can only and only be measured by how we treat one another. It's interesting that Jesus also expands the concept of neighbor. Jesus tells them that their neighbors are not only their fellow Jews. Your neighbor is your husband, your wife, your children, the people who live down the street. Your neighbor is any person created in the image and likeness of God. That's who your neighbor is. This command to love God with one's heart, soul, and strength is part of the Shema. We tried it, recited twice a day by pious Jews. This commandment to love God and neighbor was to be absorbed into their very lives. They were to internalize these two commandments. In today's first reading from the book of Exodus, we hear God speak a stern warning. God tells the people that he expects, he just expects it, that those who have returned from exile in Babylon and enslavement are to be a people of compassion, love, and justice. God reminds them 
that they themselves were once aliens. What a crazy word, aliens, huh? That they were once aliens themselves, strangers in a strange land. Just like the vulnerable people living among them, they too have been strangers, depending on the kindness of others. And so they are reminded that they cannot just pretend that they don't see the poor. They cannot pretend that they just don't see other people in their suffering. Because justice, God's justice, demands that they show kindness to the displaced people living among them. They are to care for and they feed the foreign people among them. And so the harsh words express just how seriously God takes the way we treat each other. And the words, of course, they surely get our attention. For God says, thus says the Lord, you shall not oppress an alien. For you were once aliens yourself in the land of Egypt. You shall not wrong any widow or orphan. If you wrong them and they cry out to me, I will surely hear their cry my wrath will flare up. And here comes the exaggeration. I will kill them. I don't think God wants to kill us. But certainly, these words challenges us. We hear the message. We get it. Our faith, brothers and sisters, as well, requires us to hear this challenging message. The message that we cannot ignore the vulnerable. Not that you and I can solve all the problems of the world. We can't even solve the problems of our own city here. Our resources are limited. We have no idea, often, how to really help somebody in that desperate situation of being displaced. Yet compassion, compassion doesn't require that we solve everyone's problems. Compassion for the other simply invites us to be present and aware of the experience of another person. The truth is it can be overwhelming for us to see another suffering. You know, especially in those situations where there seems to be no simple solution. Yet the invitation of the gospel from Jesus is that we always keep our hearts open we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. And so we ask ourselves, or I ask myself, how do we respond in the presence of the poor? Immigrants, migrants, in our own time. Is our first thought to pray for them? Or do we become angry and irritated by their mere presence? How do we treat them? Do we see them as our neighbor? Do we honor the presence of Christ in them? You know, while it's not exactly explicit in today's gospel, so many other places in scriptures make this point, that before you and I can demonstrate love to our neighbor, we must first have experienced God's own love ourselves. Deeply in our hearts, we must know that God loves us deeply. 
Because only when we are able to be open to that kind of love from God, that free, unmerited, and unconditional love for us, and have allowed that love to really sink into our hearts and our bodies and our minds, only then can we have the capacity to love our neighbor. I don't know about you, but I sometimes on difficult days just wonder if I really have the capacity to love. And yet I think about baptism. We think about that beautiful baby that was baptized this morning. Our ability to love came for us at the very moment of our baptism when we received the divine life of God in our souls. You know, Mother Teresa, Mother Teresa said that when we are challenged to love our neighbor and we feel kind of stretched, we often think that we need to do something huge and great for our neighbor. But she says that so often what is needed is that we do simple, small acts with great love. Simple, small acts with great love. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, it's here at the Eucharist where we pray that God's love in us will grow. We sincerely want Jesus to show us how to love each other. For in our broken and violent world, it often seems that we have no ability to love each other. Yet the truth is that we can do good things empowered by God's love. We can do small, simple things with great love. Here we experience together each Sunday the sacramental intimate love of Christ which truly has the power to change us and to heal us and to increase our ability to love one another. When we allow God and the love of this community to love us, we are indeed given the grace to love others. That's how it works. It is here in the Eucharist. The Eucharist is about love. Here we are literally fed with love. And so, brothers and sisters, during this Mass today, we pray for that grace to respond to the first and the greatest commandment, to love God with all our hearts, minds, and soul, and our neighbor as ourselves. 